those who know me kind of know that one of my main interests has over the last few years especially uh has been the ufc it kind of spun out of my disillusion with watching pro wrestling as a kid and then when the the veil kind of got lifted and it became sports entertainment and everyone knew that it was pretty much a work um it lost that illusion of realness and um I kind of became disillusioned and drifted over when the UFC became a thing and I remember watching early ones and once again it gave that feeling of you truly don't know who's going to win and anyone can win under any circumstances and especially now in the modern um, world wrestling entertainment field um, everything does or at least to me feels pre-scripted and um, you can kind of guess what's coming for probably 90% of it so UFC has really filled that void for um, unexpected combat that I kind of that wrestling filled when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s and it's become almost my main source of what I watch for sports so I just wanted to touch on something that kind of entered my mind the other day and that was um, the state of the women's bantamweight division um there had been talk lately of amanda nunez who is the current champion um maybe fighting one two more times and then retiring and that's at when you first hear it it's kind of shocking because she's young she's at the top of her game and you kind of wonder what has led to this so i've put a little bit of thought into where that entire division has gone and where everything is at now, right? And it pretty much goes back to um, in 2012, uh, Ronda Rousey was the first woman signed by UFC and they made her the inaugural bantamweight champion. Um, She defended the title um, successfully six times against Liz Carmouche, Misha Tate, which was a rematch. Um, and it was the first um, pay-per-view with women on it that got a million buys, which was huge at the time, but their rivalry was well seated back to um, pre-UFC. And um, the rematch was much longer and a pretty good test uh, for Rousey. Um, then she would go on to defeat Sarah McMahon, Alexis Davis, Kat Zingano, and Betch Correa. And during this time, she was defeating most of them pretty handily. First round, armbar, a couple of them in there. I think at the end were knockouts, like Betch Correa, she beat her using her hands. But mostly she became famous for her quick, devastating wins and just the armbar because of her judo history and she skyrocketed to fame pretty hard and um all of a sudden she got into doing movies she appeared at a wrestlemania with the rock while she was still the undefeated champion um and she's pretty much the undoubtedly the biggest name in mma pre conor mcgregor and so the division and women's mma went from being something dana white said never to kind of being the headline show and then that led to a really big Australian pay-per-view and she got surprisingly knocked out by Holly Holm well surprisingly to 
um, those who kind of maybe been part-time fans, Holly Holm was a many-time world champion boxer, and that was probably Ronda Rousey's one big flaw was her stand-up, and she stayed standing up and was unable to take Holly Holm down, and in the end, she just ate a big head kick after round after round of just being like stopped in her tracks and getting punched and counter punched and it was pretty shocking to the world right and then that pretty much led to Ronda disappearing for a year and in the meantime then if she's gone she's doing her own thing and thinking about her future so then other names have to rise to the top um, and then the belt itself would even kind of hop between a few people in this year. Um, Home would lose to Misha Tate in what is probably one of the best fights I've ever watched. Um, it was five rounds of just drag out. Like Holly Home is, you can tell she was a boxer. She's a classic keep your distance, manage your distance, counter strike, pop up, or she has devastating leg kicks and she pretty much stalemated Misha Tate um, for 99% of the fight and then in the last two minutes Misha got a hold of her got around and won the fight Um, I even remember Joe Rogan saying because he was up for a contract renewal at the time and I remember him saying between the two fights the main events on that card is why he re-signed with the UFC because he had so much fun and emotion over what had happened in that evening. Um, and I believe the other fight on that card was Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. Um, but then, so Misha Tate in the void and absence of Ronda Rousey, she moves on and becomes the bantamweight champion. But then at UFC 200, she turns around and just gets destroyed by Amanda Nunes who wasn't even close to being a household name. So everyone was pretty shocked by this. And it was a very convincing drudging, right? And then that would lead to kind of a shuffling of the division. Some of the the household names that have been longstanding, um, they were kind of moving down in the rankings and some of the younger people were moving up. Um, And then... Tate in her next fight right after that was against Rocky Pennington um and you could tell she I don't know why she seemed very undriven uninspired during that fight and um at the end of the fight she just kind of out of nowhere asked to be interviewed after the fight and she just retired so now you're sitting with your two biggest names gone and also during this time with Nunes as the champion, um, the UFC has now finally created the 145 division, and Chris Cyborg has entered the com- company now. So she's kind of getting all the attention, but also no one is really <laughs> getting in line to fight her either. So it seems like it's a chore or they're asking smaller women to go up and fight Cyborg, and it pretty much has ended the way you think it would very convincingly her beating up smaller people um also during that time they introduced the 145 belt 
Um, and strangely, instead of involving Cyborg, I can't remember if she was injured or not during that time. Um, so the introduction of the title was a fight between Holly Holm and Jermaine Durandamy. And um, the fight is pretty marred by controversy. There was two times where Durandamy would unload after the horn. No points were taken off. It went to decision and she won the title. And even during her victory speech, she's like, I kind of got to go away and get some surgeries. And at the time, it was kind of like, well, Cyborg's coming. And in the end, she flat out gave up the title as opposed to fighting Chris Cyborg. And so that belt was kind of once again in this cloud of kind of no one wanting to fight Cyborg. Um, back to Bantamweight, you have Ronda Rousey, after a whole year, um, deciding she's going to come back. She had a huge run, so she instantly gets a title shot for the big um, end-of-the-year pay-per-view against Amanda Nunes, and she gets soundly destroyed, and it was very akin to kind of the beating that she gave Misha Tate, where it was just... Um, her striking is so on point. She seems to have very broad shoulders, long arms, and she manages her distance super well. And it seems like if she can land, it's it like right from the get-go, like pop-up first shot, and she has them rattled immediately. So she completely annihilated Ronda in her return. And even in all the press leading up to that, there was no talk of Amanda Nunes. It was all talk about Ronda's back, Ronda's back, Ronda's back. And so they weren't putting any stock um, in their current champion. So after that, Rousey's done. You don't see her again. She's now about to main event WrestleMania 35. That's another thing. But she's still that probably the most famous female fighter of all time. And now she's working for Vince McMahon. Um, Nunez would go on and have follow-up wins over Valentina Shevchenko. Um, that one was super close down to a decision. Um, Shevchenko in the past, in their first meeting, had great success against her. And once again, um, her kind of Thai counterpunch style did super well. And there was always questions of Nunes being able to go the distance, which she has proven now multiple times. But now, after that, you have follow-up wins by Nunes over Pennington, um, which was a solid drubbing that maybe the corner should have stopped the fight. And then there was just that shootout where she shocked the world again and knocked out Chris Cyborg. So now you have... Um, Amanda Nunes, who's champ champ, because that's what they call them now, <laughs> thanks to Connor. Um, but what do you do with her now? And what do you do in this division where you have, once again, this dominant champion who's pretty much run the table? And so now in the last month, um, it's been announced that she's going to fight Holly Holm July 6th. And Holm's kind of one of the last big names to throw at her um but then it comes down to win or lose what what do you do now with these people especially with the role that 
Nunez is on, if she wins this, what do you do with her? The top five for that division, um, she's beaten everybody. The only name in there um, that she hasn't faced and is an undefeated up and cover is that is um, Caitlin Vieira. But otherwise, like top f- number one contender, Jermaine Duran to me. She's beat her once already. Um, so where do you go? You could do a part three with um, Valentina, but she's moved down to 125, and she's proven to be a very dominant champion. And when you did watch her fight at 135, I think it was easier for her to make weight, and she was small for that division. So them creating the 125 division is almost perfect for her. And she seems quite dominant and already has some pretty impressive wins in that division. So then, where do you go? Um, Kat Sagano is still around. Um, she is Nunez's last loss in 2014. So when you think about it, is that the next thing you throw at her if she's successful? Because I don't know where else you go. And then all of a sudden, it kind of... It does make sense that she's talking about retirement. She's beaten the top people. She's knocked off some Hall of Fame iconic names. And at the end of the day, what else do you have to prove? Um, She's also technically the 145 champion. But that division, um, it lacks depth, right? Like, who do you throw at her? The only real name that is a true like admitted 145 fighter that I can think of off the top of my head is Megan Anderson from Australia and she's been extremely vocal of that division because whenever they sign a featherweight it seems they get signed as a featherweight boom dumped down to 135 and avoid Cyborg or Nunes whoever and then it's just because it seems like 135s in this very um, strange place right now where kind of like it's open for anyone to kind of run the table now if Nunez goes away. So, um, and Megan Anderson, I think she's ready. She has two fights in the UFC, um, a decision lost to Holly Holm. So now she's already fighting the best of the best. And her last fight was a win over Katzengano. But if you watched it, it ended in the first, I don't know, couple minutes because of a, a kick that ended up just the toe kind of catching Cat's eye. And so they had to stop the fight. But I think Megan Anderson's the way to go in that division but it's completely and totally up to what with Amanda Nunes wants to do and where she wants to go and I don't want to put an auto win against her fighting Holly Holm because the last time someone put an auto win in front of Holly Holm it was probably Ronda Rousey and she shocked the world then and she is more than capable of winning this title um, let me know what you think. Those are my thoughts on the women's bantamweight, and I guess I kind of snuck the featherweight division in there. Um, let me know what you think. I'm on Twitter, at Connor Savage. Um, feel free to let me know what you think of this. Have a good one.